Well, welcome back along to this Freedway Thinker edition of the Freed Thinker podcast. I'm your driver, Tyler Vela, for this episode. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit today about bias. There's an old saying that says, know thy enemy. Um, while I don't necessarily think that we want to think of everyone that we're talking to as our enemy, there, the reason that that truism is a truism is because it's true. Uh, well, at least it's pragmatically helpful. Uh, when dialoguing with views that you disagree with, not only to avoid straw manning them, um, but to give robust criticisms of a view, the better you understand a view, the stronger your criticisms are going to be. I've noticed in a lot of my dialogues with atheists, with unbelievers, and then in-house dialogues between Calvinists and non-Calvinists and Baptists and Pado-Baptists and so on and so forth, there is a certain type of bias that happens where because someone thinks a position is, let's just say wrong, often they think it's so wrong that it's silly or it's dumb or it's, you know, whatever it is, it's stupid, um, that they won't spend time to even understand it before they hand wave it. Um, Now, I'm not saying that this should never be the case. Uh, There are some views that are so dumb um, that, I mean, I I wouldn't recommend anyone really wasting their time to try to disprove them. I mean, Holocaust deniers, Jesus mythicists, uh, flat earthers, you know, those, those types of those types of positions, you know, I think a case could be made that, well, we can understand the basic position, but we're not going to spend, we're not going to go into the weeds on it. However, when you're dealing with a position that has um, held sway over large swaths of the academic community, of scholars, um, of of historic, not only intellectual elites, uh, but large, large positions within uh, the the broader uh, the broader uh, the culture and community, uh, I think it it is fitting when you're when you're dealing with these positions to take the time to understand them. If you if you have the time and the ability to to actually read the academic literature on it, that's great. But if not, to have the intellectual humility to try to understand it. Now, there's there's a twofold reason for this. Well, there's probably more reasons for that, but I'm gonna give I'm gonna give two of them. First one is simply to avoid straw man. You want to avoid uh, dealing with positions that aren't actually the positions that the people you're dialoguing with affirm. Sometimes we can be so evaluative in our positions. And I did a I did an episode prior to this dealing with uh, the difference between an affirmation and an entailment. If you look back at one of those, uh, I think it was either four or five of the Freedway uh, editions. Uh, we get we're we're so evaluative that we start to confuse what we think a logical entailment is with what the actual position is. Once we do that, we import that back onto the position, and then we continue to critique it as if that evaluation, that that entailment, just is part of the position, and then we come up with more entailments and evaluations. Well, that's almost a surefire way to come up with a straw man because you, you're multiple steps removed from the actual affirmation of the position itself. So you have to deal with that. One of the other reasons, and it's the it's the reason that actually 
spurred me on to, to record this, this brief reflection is that you'll give better answers. You'll give better responses. You'll have better objections to a position the better that you understand it. Uh, it's funny. In dialogues, a lot of times when I deal with people who just don't understand my position and I've tried to explain it a hundred times, and I'm not claiming I, I, I explain it the best, but it's very clear that they're not they're not even trying to understand. They're just waiting their turn to talk. They continue to work on the same straw man. They go back to, you know, you, you, you've talked about uh, one one issue within a view and then it's moved on and then a couple days later they go right back to the same position as if you've never responded to them before. I mean, you, you've all had those types of conversations. Um, in dealing, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, there, there are some... There are some really, really robust intellectual objections uh, that that I understand. For example, you know my my good friend uh, Ben Watkins, who's an you know an atheist, a, a, a philosophical atheist, really smart guy. He's going to go back to to use many of the same objections because he he doesn't think they they've been answered. But but he's dealing with he he's dealing at the level of understanding where. Uh, his objections are meaningful, right? He's not dealing with these with these trivial misunderstandings and 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 so on and so forth. But you 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 talk with these people, and then when you're when you're done having the conversation, you're like, look, I, you know, I I can I can appreciate that you're you're really passionate about it. Great, that that's that's good for you. I'm gonna move on because it doesn't even seem like you're you're trying to understand it. Um, then. <laughs> They either do uh, what I what I call a victor's taunt or a victor's tantrum, um, where where they say, "Oh well, you're just you're just leaving because you can't handle the truth and you can't hand you know you you just know that you can't handle these objections and that kind of thing." And it's like, okay, well you you've not only now you not only strawmanned my position, but I expressly told you why I was leaving. So now you're you, you not only do you not listen to my my position, you also don't listen to my statements about my my motives and you'd rather invent and impute imaginary motives to me so you're strawmanning my position and you're strawmanning my person so that just that just comes down to a kind of mo or they'll they'll uh, you know they'll do a victor's tantrum where uh they're they're they chest thump oh you know this is i i'm being i'm being persecuted you just you just hate anyone who disagrees with you and so on and so forth and i just want to be like well not at all, actually. Some of the people I respect the most is because they offer me uh, robust disagreements uh, on on my various views, and and they understand it well enough to actually give strong, uh, meaningful objections to it. Um, so no, it has it has nothing to do with me not liking people who disagree with me. That's just asinine and silly. Um, so understanding a position. To, to, to know thy enemy, so to speak, uh, you can provide better objections to it. You can provide more meaningful objections. You can actually land punches uh, because you know the target that you're punching, uh, so to speak. So I want to I want to encourage everyone. If you if you have very strong feelings about a position, you know whether it's an in-house position, you're you know you're a Christian, you have very strong feelings about. Calvinism or Lutheranism or cessationism or views on creation or whatever it is, and you've never read any of the academic literature from the other side, uh, I'm going to press you that you probably have a pretty 
glaring gap in your understanding of the opposing view. Not always, but chances are that's the case, especially if you have the experience of everybody from the other side or the, you know, the the vast majority of people from the other side telling you, well, your criticism doesn't make sense because you, you don't understand our position, right? Have the intellectual humility to think, maybe I don't actually understand their position. Let me hit the books a little bit rather than, than just saying, okay, well, this is your position. Tell me why it's wrong. And whenever someone says, oh, well, that's not really our position. We'd, we'd nuance it differently. You, you say, oh, well, you're just playing semantics and you're trying to get out of objections and, and all that. That's, that's not really intellectual humility. And, and chances are, if everybody from an opposing view is telling you that you're not really understanding your view, the fault isn't that everybody of that view can't handle objections and and can't respond and so on and so forth. So have the intellectual humility, but also even if in self-interest, strive to understand the opposing view better, read its academic literature, read its scholars, uh, you know, try to understand the strongest version of it so that you can provide substantive objections to it. Now, that doesn't mean you don't respond to the low-hanging fruit. That doesn't mean you don't respond uh, to uh, what you think their you know trivial positions are. Uh, that doesn't mean that you don't go after uh, some of these positions. So for example, uh, I think the one of the weakest forms of atheism is kind of the online infidel, meme driven, uh, basically neological positivism of someone like an Aaron Ra. And I don't mean that as an insult to him. I, I mean I've said before I actually, I actually like Aaron Ra. He's a he's a I mean he's a, he's a nice guy. He's passionate. Uh, he's forceful in his rhetoric. I think he's wrong on almost everything. Um, but I I think that level of logical positivism is one of the weakest forms of atheism. Now, am I always only going to steel man the position and and go after only the Benjamin Watkins? Well, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna go after Aaron Ra and I'm gonna go after some of these low hanging fruit because that also has an influence on on a huge portion of online atheism and so I, I'd like to to help respond to those as well when people are being convinced by it but that doesn't mean that I don't go and read you know the the Massimo Pigliucci's and that doesn't mean that I don't read the Michael Russes and the Thomas Nagels and the the, the Graham Oppies and we can still try to understand and engage with the strongest versions of it, even if we're also engaging with some of the weaker versions of it. But if you want to have, if you want to be able to to offer some of the the, the objections to the stronger versions, I'm not going to go uh, to to the you know the Massimo Pigliucci's and the Graham Oppies and talk to them and present them objections as if they're the are are and Ross. Right, as if as if they're the Richard Dawkins, right? I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go after them um, and and be like, oh well, you know, you're you're this is your position, and if they say, oh well, no, that that's not my position. That's actually a rather weak form. I I hold these other views. I'm not gonna say, well, you're you're just you're just saying that because you can't handle objections and it's just semantics and and so on and so forth. That's not a reasonable or a charitable or even a particularly uh, interesting way to try and dialogue with opposing positions. So, uh, with that said, 
try to understand opposing views as best as you possibly can. Read the literature. Listen to what they're saying. If everyone's saying you're not understanding it, try to understand it better. Uh, try to refrain from from uh, a motivational bias where you're bringing in your own evaluations of a position into the stage where you should be understanding the position and so on and so forth. It will drastically help um, the dialogues in many of these uh, in many of these areas. Well, thank you so much. Drive safe and God bless.